0: Another fun-packed, thrill-filled Wednesday edition of Nice Things. Nice things—the antidote to modern living—and joining me, Sir Michael Livesley. This week we have—I
1: am Rear Admiral Horatio Carmichael. Good afternoon. Ah, don't put your telescope to your bad eye.
0: Uh, or is not. that a good thing? I see no ships. I believe was the apocryphal tale.
1: Yes. Didn't he yes. then get shot? Think so. Kiss me hardy. That's the stuff. And all that mm. sort of. Capering. All that all... All that monkey business, like being All back at school. All that monkey business, <laughs> just like being back at school, I would imagine. Indeed, monkey on the deck.
0: <laughs> so we have been. Uh, I've been this week. I've got. I've had a little mission this week, haven't I? Yes, which you have. was to get you into the music of the marvelous, the majestic, the magnificent Cardiacs. Mm. Um, I, to I, I thought that maybe your mm. sort of gateway drug, and hopefully I was right because you seem to enjoy it a lot. Was the track "Stone Age Dinosaurs."
1: Oh, um, which is astonishing. The
0: lyrics.
1: Well, it's the lyrics, but it's the delivery as well, isn't it? Because f- rhythmically it, it's wrong and it shouldn't work, but my god, it works. It's unbelievable. And, that, and even with my little jazz head on, which I can adapt quite easily away from Delius or the likes, even with that, it catches me unaware and I'm like, mm. oh on, I miss I missed that beat there. But it yeah. but it works. So then well, my I brain's learned
0: confused. It. I decided to learn it. Because right. it's just bugging me so much. So it's, it's, it, the, the verse is all minor keys. Mm-hmm. um, And the um, chorus is, for the most part, major. So there's that reason why it sort of works. Um, nice. But it's the lyrics isn't it wishing wishing for money is a man growing old and he but it's when he gets to the lines about uh, winning hand in hand michael miles plays a game for me and then Liberace. Mm. Uh, i can't think of the line is sort of about gives his uh, best to me my family it's it's a night It it, it feels like a a sort of rain-lashed night as a child, especially Mm. at the end when he starts singing about uh, Jim Parade's a toy that he won on the rifle range. It's a plaster statue of Peter Glaze, it says, the strangest things. And all we feel is lonely,
1: just like Stone Age Dinosaurs. Now, listen, that doesn't work, does it? That's a piece of prose, and you've just said it, and we can go, all right, as a piece of prose, that's fine. As a song, that shouldn't work. So the way he stands it it is, Jim
0: parades a toy that he won on the rifle range. Ding, ding, two, three, four. He holds it up high it's a plaster statue of peter glaze it says the strangest things and all we feel is lonely just like do doo do dinosaurs it's just like wow i tell you what learning to play it on the piano it's just like how many cards mate how G- many time signatures Oh God knows with Tim. I mean, for him, Tim yeah. Smith, the genius that is the late genius that is, was Tim mm. Smith, that's nothing. If you listen mm. to tracks like R.E.S. and uh, Inner City, Lining, and Gina Brigida and all these tracks, uh, but the, but the weird thing, the lovely thing about uh, Cardiacs, I don't know um, if I've got this right, but would you say that it's kind of some form of situationist performance art?
1: Yes, it is yeah. performance art. When when are we talking about? When were what are the oh. years? They began really in predominant 78 with the cardiac right. arrests, and then okay. he changed
0: the name to Cardiacs, and that's when it sort of hits its stride. Um, so it's punk years, so he's got that sort of punk um ethos with it. I mean, it gave uh, it begat an entire genre which people refer to as prong, which is
1: prog punk. I think, I think what hated. you've got is around that time, so at of the same time as punk, you are getting. The arts movement getting a bit exciting and a bit and a bit uh, a bit risky. Um, so you get people like the Worcester group who were based in New York, young contemporary artists coming together and just creating work that you could say was avant-garde, but the thought process, my favorite one of those, is they did a, a performance called The Crucible on Acid, because trying to rationalize how people act in the crucible, it is as though someone's just taken a massive amount of LSD.
0: Well, isn't it meant
1: to have been some kind of sort of... Something uh, got into the water
0: table. uh, Yeah, or or was it ergot that uh, is the hallucinogen that grows on rye and they make the bread? An entire village uh, went on a a mass trip, didn't they, in Italy in in the 60s or 50s? It does happen. They written a lot of that Arthurian stuff we spoke about in the last one. They written a lot of that sort of sword in the lake and stuff. There's a great book called The Holy Cross and the Sacred Mushroom, um, which is all about how a lot of the stuff in the Bible is not metaphor, but rather the product of hallucination. And they, I think it's another book. I can't remember what it is but they found pottery fragments from ancient Egypt and Rome and stuff like that. And mm. they've not just got remnants of alcohol in them. They've also got some hallucinogen. I can't think. So they must've mixed alcohol. It must've been a spicy evening, sir. Well, it would have been yeah. Yes. No um... religious rites were all built around the use of hallucinogens in the yeah. same way that we, we think of it being a new world thing.
1: Yeah, well, you know. absolutely. I mean, but that that goes into so much of sort of our folklore, doesn't it? Witches, for example, um, witches who used to coat the end of their broomsticks in hallucinogens and pop them up, the ladies oh, part, um, and and there's the hallucination of flying that you would uh, develop. Then that's where you would believe, when questioned, that you had flown. You wouldn't just sort of say, "Well, I better say I've flown," just so they kill me quicker. There's a genuine belief there, and you wouldn't have yeah. wanted to lie. But, um, yeah, but um, the Worcester group rehearsed. They didn't perform the crucible off their tits, because that would have been ridiculous. But the rehearsal period, or oh, they were. So all they had to do then was recreate that mm. in performance. Chemical sober. memory. Yeah, that's it. So you start getting really interesting performance groups like them, really starting around the time that punk does. It. It's <laughs> a fascinating shift, isn't it? Because not only do we see music changing, we see art changing, the whole the whole counterculture becomes the culture at at around that time. And what we now think as being rather outdated in some ways at the time, dangerously, almost revolutionary stuff back Mm. then. But um, yeah, I mean, the the footage that you show me of the Cardiacs, those live gigs, they are, it's fascinating. It's like um, when I was at uni, I had to go and watch groups like Forced Entertainment. And I remember one show, which was hypnotic. And it was literally people jogging on the spot, holding up job titles. And I think there was a woman who was burr breasted with a gorilla mask on holding the word prostitutes. I think and she jogged for about five minutes and then the next person came on. I never quite got to the bottom of what that was. Mm. I still watch anything that forced entertainment do because they live stream everything now. But I get very confused um, within about the 30 seconds.
0: With, the thing with Cardiacs is it, was, it seems to be almost just a pure manifestation of tim's imagination that's the uh, astonishing thing about it and you've got the whole dynamic playing out whereby it's a little family and he bullies his brother jim
1: this is it so what he you've used actually to smack
0: got him round the face in the gigs and mm. smack him round the head and yeah. say jimmy's jimmy's stupid and he is fat <laughs> and he'd stand there with his head down and the, so you'd have all this interplay and so you've
1: got the storytelling element all the so you've time. got the, you've got these extremes of performance art you've got the storytelling you've got the song i mean this the, uh, it's basically it is it's performance art isn't it well it's if you saw art. as i
0: showed you the other day the consultant's flower garden brilliant which is just nuts i mean it, it's like so i think the guy had if you look at his work rate during the 80s it, it must have just he mustn't have been able to get it recorded fast Mm. enough Mm. you know absolutely so much coming out of him and and you know and he was you know he he had the ironically enough the cardiac arrest Mm. he had that where in 2008 when i think he'd have been in his mid 40s and so you had this sort of genius that burned bright and then i mean i'm lucky enough that i saw them so many times thanks to my mate al he just We were into sort of, so when I was at college, aside from being into, you know, we all have a a broad sort of uh, boulangerie of, Mm. of things that we're into. And one of the things I've always been into is prog rock. So I was into, yes, I was into all that. And Alistair came along. I remember, and it's a lovely memory. So, you know, in the sort of the canteen, we our college was an old Victorian building. So um, it was, So we were in there anyway, and it was a sort of, you know, a dark winter afternoon. And Al used to sit in the uh, canteen there, and he'd have his walkman with him, and he'd just put earphones on you and just say, listen to this, man. You know mm. what I mean? And one day it was cardiacs. And I was just absolutely, I'll never forget. It was, uh, there's too many irons in the fire. Too many irons in the fire, too many irons in the fire. So it's sort of, it sticks in your head. And then about six months later, I was in Al's van and we were driving down to London to go and see him at the marquee. So from about 95 onwards, you know, on a sort of, well, it was one tour, we went to see him about six times, but I I managed to see these, you know, and it's, It's I'm so pleased I got to see them on the last tour in 2007 um, Mm. um, in Manchester so many, many times. Uh, We had a student radio station when I was a student interviewed Tim for that. I'll have to dig the tape out. Um, I interviewed him. Uh, No, it weren't though. It was Manchester. But I feel it's one of those things that I knew it at the time. I knew I was in the presence of someone who was to quote Peter Cook at a right angle to the universe. Mm. And it's odd to meet people like that, because he wasn't one of those people, because, we, you know, you must have met someone like this yourself, but he was also able to communicate with you on a human level, which some of these people are just
1: gone. they just yeah. up there. Mm. So that's fascinating in a way. So could he detach himself from the art if he needed to? I yeah, suppose?
0: he did. Yeah. But I mean... <sighs> It was weird because they they very quickly got did away with the pan stick makeup with the painted on smiles because, mm. um, you know, the the archetype of clown is actually mm. unhappy and hence the need for the painted on smile. Mm. You know, people when they go to the circus or wherever it may be, they don't particularly understand the historical context of the archetype of clown.
1: That's it, or the fool even. The, this is why your fools in Shakespeare are never the happiest types and well, very yeah. deep, mournful. Cardiacals.
0: But the archetype of fool is will become the king because the fool isn't afraid to try things. Mm. And that's how the fool becomes the king because other people are too afraid to step out of the world. But the mm. fool will always try stuff. I mean, that's a Jungian archetype of fool. Um, but cardiacs were absolutely astonishing. life. took some people down in London, went to, don't know where it was. Uh, I think it was the Astoria. It was the Astoria. Uh, which I think's now gone. It has demolished. Uh, took him to the Astoria, this this punk couple we knew, because it was just like, you're going to love this so much. Um, and uh, the lady in the partnership, she uh, she was angry. She was angry about it. She's like, really? Yeah. It's It doesn't know what it is. Why can't it be one thing or another? And it's weird because there's a great article in The Guardian from a few years back where the guy was talking about how he loved them, but how they are actually hated there's something visceral; the music arises in people and they actively are angered by it well you can't
1: define it can Mm. you that's i think that's the thing and people do like to be able to define quite definitively even punk music is music it's it's a musical performance and then you get something that doesn't sit in one camp or the other and you can't stick a label on it the cardiacs i mean i'm saying performance art is a general catch-all thing And because you and I haven't really sat down and discussed it to the extent that we could do and the rabbit holes that no doubt we would fall into with this sort of thing. But I I think that performance art just basically sums that that style up where you get this melding (laughs) together and you're essentially on stage, you're seeing the contents of somebody's brain. In this Mm. case, Tim's, you're seeing the workings of his brain and it won't be clear. It won't be linear it will be there for, you know, it'll be a mess of imagery and sound, a proper cacophony. And people do find that quite a difficult thing to accept sometimes in in any form of art, which is why you will always get people who look at modern art and they go, I could have done that. Well, you couldn't, otherwise you would. In many so, cases, it's true. Really? If it's a pile
0: of bricks. Then, I mean, I, no. Well, I mean, the thing is, there's also that that thing that's, innate to most human beings whereby there's a real jealousy of anyone who is able to um, externalize, sublimate and uh, articulate the stuff that's in their head. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know when I'm falling asleep because I hear the amazing music that I wish I could make, you mm. know, it's at that point you wish you could plug a Jack lead into your head and just press record and let it play. But I know when I'm falling asleep because I start hearing the music and it's like, ah, oh, here we go.
1: I I find, obviously with it being me that those are those moments when suddenly i'll I'll get a shot from camera three and there'll be a killer line of dialogue yeah and it'll be there'll be no context to this dialogue but i think well why would you say that oh i know what the story i know what the story is if i write that down i can out every single time it's almost
0: like the uh, anaesthetist putting the mask over your face isn't it when Mm. when that moment
1: arises but you just get that it's it, is it panicked clarity where your brain goes oh but there's this yet yeah. no. just to try and keep you awake or something Maybe. I don't know I don't Maybe. know what
0: it is I mean it'd be it'd be fascinating to uh, understand the workings of Morpheus mm. um it's almost as if they're just putting a well he it is putting a DVD on for you to watch whilst they do some sort of surgery on the body because mm.
1: the stuff that do takes maintenance place overnight
0: yeah the stuff mm. that takes place I mean it's linked to heart health and everything isn't it sleep. Um, but I mean, performance art wise, I don't know why, but I, I tend to lately, I spend a lot of time watching these, um, street food guys on uh, YouTube and that, you know, like Korean and, uh, Indian street food, the speed they can cook and Have you watched any of those videos?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> ah! no. no, if ah! I was to watch something like it's that, I will great. watch Keith Floyd. I'm not going to oh, watch that amazing, sort of mock on YouTube.
0: Why? Because someone could
1: chop a fish
0: no it's the way that they there was a guy making parathas and it was just the way he put the batter out and and then cut it up and chucked it on a plate and slung the plate and then another guy caught it then it's almost like you know human beings have this ability to with repetitive tasks to become automatons and it's it's fascinating to watch how quickly and how because they don't they obviously they obviously don't do that that sort of established um brain thing of i see something the brain registers it i recognize it i then perform the action and then i do it it's gone right into muscle memory and the, it's just an unconscious thing uh, oh okay it's not an
1: unconscious no, thing b- i'll back that up okay so <laughs> presumably then i could uh, you know i could take a video into the the ford motor car factory and yes. show you i show you that when you go yeah. that was fast it's not art, though, is it' a thing it's not art. Uh, oh, you just like watching labourers. That's all that means. There is some truth
0: in There's, that. That's all you're doing. You're However, watching a man doing his job. With the street food guys, they've got an audience. Well, because they're waiting to, for their fish and they're yes. just thinking, stop
1: fannying around with the fish, just cook it. That's what they're thinking. They're not thinking. fannying around with it. They are cooking it, but very quickly. But they could do it without just all the fannying about as well, presumably. Yes, but we would be the fan in that, love. Well, you you could think about something else rather than watching this bloke thinking he's gonna take a finger off any minute. That's what I'd be thinking. i just maybe they don't. My Uncle Alan didn't till he did, and then he lost two fingers. So at some point, one of them's gonna so what do. What was it. Uncle Alan doing? Oh, I think he was operating some sort of a saw thing, and he took those two fingers off on his hand. Yeah. So, yeah. so doing some sort of maintenance thing. This is why I won't do any, because I don't want to lose any fingers. I know lots of people who've lost fingers. Me Uncle Alan, um, Alf, who owned the turkey place, he was missing three fingers in total, two on one hand and one on the other. But he always put that down to being in a Japanese prisoner of war camp, but he yeah. wouldn't say anything about it. So that one's unlikely to happen to me. Um, and my pottery teacher at school, I'm sure we all had a pottery teacher, there at school.
0: Oh, no, not at all. Uh,
1: well, she slammed two fingers in the bloody kiln. I'm not doing anything that might lead to that. And that includes gutting like a fish to take the poison sack out. Because it'll be one of those fish that if you don't take out that tiny little thing, you'd die. I don't see the point of eating Marty that. Feldman. I don't see the point of eating Marty Feldman either. No, Marty
0: Feldman's how he died. What? Well, because he ate a poisonous fish sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's really? Pal- yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Didn't you know I've that? Never heard, I've never heard oh, that. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The thing, whatever the thing was, the chef um, sort of, if you go online, you can read uh, the man who killed Marty Feldman. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he didn't do his job. He didn't remove it. It was a
1: puffer fish. See, there's no point in eating that. No, not at it, all. There's two reasons. One, it could kill you. Okay, so yes. just absolutely not. Like like hot food, no, yes. no point. Except it's worse than hot food; it could actually kill you rather than make you need to drink milk. And two, I presume a puff of fish is just like a rice crispy. Really, it's just inflated nonsense. There's not much to it. No, just I don't think there is. Blown. But
0: they have to remove that uh,
1: gallbladder or whatever. It's a it is. swim bladder, isn't swim it? Bladder, bladder. That's swim it. bladder. Swim well, bladder. Yeah maybe don't eat the puffer fish because of its rice crispiness and the fact that it could kill you. Um, And (coughs) Don't watch the men doing it because if he chops it and he chops into the swim bladder and he gets that in his eye, a, it looked like the elephant, man. He would. Have good. you seen
0: that video on the internet? You see, this is...
1: Uh, Probably not, no, but go there on. There must
0: be some challenge whereby you eat a bloody insect, right? And this guy's got it in a pair of tweezers, and he's putting it there, and it's like... Its bloody wings are going. And he's like... And the other guy's going, because they're in Korea or something like that, so shouts in Korean. And the next thing, he, he's like... He finally puts it in his mouth, and this thing's just like... Pff! And then fucks off. Like, you know what I mean? And then it's like half an hour later, and his face is fucked. It is proper elephant man. It's just like, right, you're not meant to eat them. No!
1: So these people making these videos I I don't quite understand why they don't upload them to YouTube and YouTube see it and then go, well let's just inform the authorities where he lives. He needs help. If I want to watch a challenge or something, I'll watch Challenge Annika. I'm not going to watch men sticking insects in their faces or or eating fish that are going to kill them. Absolutely not. You should still
0: be making Challenge Annika. You could be Kenneth Kendall.
1: They're bringing Challenge Annika back. Ah, who's they playing are. Kenneth Kendall? Oh, you've got oh, you've got your you've got your genres confused. He was Treasure Hunt, dear. Was she in that? She was. She was Treasure Hunt, and then Annabelle Croft took over. Ah, so what was Challenge Annika? Challenge was it like Annika Duncan was hers. Well, sort of it. It'd be like you know, people would write to Annika and say, "Oh, the orphanage has fallen down," and she'd turn up. Right. Phone a load of local masonry people who wanted free publicity and say, "Can you do this for free?" And then they'd rebuild the orphanage while she ran around in a jumpsuit. So it's city. a bit like Dom Littlewood used to do with Melinda Messenger. I don't know what that means. What yes, is Dom do. Littlewood? Little right, the Santaran
0: man. is the Santaran, the little sort of uh, monkey egg. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know <laughs> well you done know. yeah <laughs>
0: him, him. The monkey egg right the, okay. monkey egg. the monkey egg and melinda messenger who when i said to ali um who's uh someone we both know uh viewers and listeners so when i said to ali i said i thought i was being complimentary i said uh, oh you look a little like melinda messenger and uh she <laughs> said she was outraged she was like oh but she looks simian <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a couple of monkeys on uh, a Sunday Ooh. morning, it was on Channel 5. I used to nurse many hangovers with Dom, just sort of like, you know, putting rights right. Cowboy builders, it was called. of be like, Gertrude. And he'd go around there and go, right, I've got a bill here. You ain't done this work. And the guy would just be like, no, no, no. And just be getting in his car and uh, going off to play golf and that. But I often thought that took some real balls in a kind of Roger Cook way.
1: No, I was about to say he's no Roger Cook, though, is he? I remember Roger Cook being smacked about with an iron bar once. Why? Oh, so, I, I can't see Dom Littlewood taking that. I mean, yeah, he's, he looks very short for a start. He's about... He's
0: tiny. He's like one of those yeah. blokes we know. Ne- Santaran.
1: Yeah, sort of Sontaran. Sandy talks big Sontaran,
0: Sontaran. yeah, yeah. Uh, Santaran. but um, do you remember when Roger Cook did Hell's Kitchen and he was fucked and he no. was he just went home? No, I don't remember that. Oh, aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like day two of Hell's Kitchen. He was in the kitchen looking very red and sweaty uh, and he was just like, you know, that night he got shitted in the bar, and yeah. uh when he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. went up to his room, and in the morning, you know, Garden, what's his fucking name, Ramsey, Ramsey. Like, with Roger, with Roger, and uh, it was just like, oh, he's he's gone home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you I know do the story. that. I've told you the I...
0: Tommy Vance one. Have an eye on Hell's Kitchen.
1: No, but please uh,
0: do. Right. So the girl in it, uh what's her name? Out of Brookside, has the acting academy.
1: Ellis. Jennifer Ellison.
0: Jennifer Ellison. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, again, where's Tommy? And Jennifer Ellison's like, oh, he's not come down yet. He's like, oh, fuck's it. Can you go and get him? So she goes up to his room, and Tommy's like that, oh, uh, sat on the edge of the bed, just hung over to death. And she's like, oh, Tommy, he wants you down there, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, You tell him I'm a rock DJ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she goes down, and uh, tells Gardner, who doesn't seem to be uh, at all impressed that he's a rock DJ. Next thing, back to the room, he's like, Ugh. And she's like, look, he says, you've got to come. Did you tell him I was a rock DJ? And she says, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I just love the thought process that being a rock DJ means you don't have to be in a kitchen at 9am.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think I like he's that. right. Did I tell you about the Jennifer Ellison pornography thing? Go on. Don't know. It was. I was. I was on holiday. This is about twenty years ago now. In Finland, so right in the north of Finland, sort of within the Arctic. So it was lovely. And there was wow. one news agent, and I love the fact that they still, just like news agents the world over, they've got the dirty mags on the top shop. There's nothing around this building. There's <coughs> six foot snowdrifts everywhere, and they've got the dirty mags on the top. And I saw yeah. one of them. I thought, That's a familiar face. Comes with a free DVD. I no, just put it, pulled it down to have a look, and it it was a it was a Brookside publicity photograph of Jennifer Ellison, who I should specify was not in the publication at all. They right. clearly just bought it off the shelf and thought that'll do for the front cover. whop. and it was just Jennifer Ellison, literally a Brookie publicity photograph. That's for advertising skin flick, which I brought home and enjoyed for several years. Oh, I'm sure till you broke it. Oh, I it. did. Ooh, these things it wore it out as my granddad used to say. I'd done with records when he got sick of them. Are huh? you wore it out?
0: Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, you've worn it <laughs> out. I think I have actually worn a few records out though when I was a kid mm. Mm. playing them. Jackie, mm. uh, Jackie Lee, um, Rupert the Burr,
1: and um, White oh. Horses. She sounded,
0: yeah. She, I wore yeah, that yeah. one. I wonder what the B side of Rupert the Burr was.
1: I thought it was, was it not White Horses? I've it got a vague memory it of it, it. being a white label, white label. Um, with a little illustration of what looked like a rabbit coming out of a box or something like that. And I think on one side there was White Horses and the other was Rupert the Bear, but it could be wrong. You've got to remember that growing up, the only
0: records I got were those ex-jukebox varieties. Mm. So I didn't get the cover, the picture sleeves. Oh, uh, with and with, with the hole punched through them. The middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, sure we which have... pub ever played Rupert the Bear, but... Uh, well, it was a hit, wasn't it? It was a massive hit. hit. Yeah, it's a great series as well. And they've found, they're all found and restored. And I think you can buy them now, can't you?
1: You can. The full series is out there. I've I've got them, dear. They oh. are wonderful, if terrifying. Because, that can you remember? Fella. The spiky one. That's What's too much, called? that one. Is, it, is he Jack Frost or something like no, that? he's not some... Jack
0: Frost. Jack Frost was a different thing. No, he no, like, he's twigs got... for a hair. He- yeah, and
1: he's going to be called something like Twiglet or something, but it's not that, mm. but it, he deep, deeply horrifying thing. Something like that. I didn't <laughs> like the pug dog. The pug dog scared no. the crap out of me. I didn't like that. No. They were great, though, those, weren't they? I wanted his flying
0: car so much.
1: Oh, they were wonderful. Good old ATV once again. Is that
0: what it was, ATV?
1: It was ATV, absolutely, yeah. That
0: and Pipkins is just... Very, 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 very vague, like, you know, an untuned telly memory. And mm. I just, just about remember Pipkins. I don't know about you.
1: Oh, no. I Well, I can, I think I can remember it. But since then, I've watched it. And it's a very good series, Pipkins. Yeah. I mean, to to actually have your central character, because that puppet, Hartley Her, it's a terrible it's fucked, puppet. It's it absolutely buggered that thing. I can't... <laughs> It's heads over on one side, so it can't look down the camera. It's got the voice of Larry Grayson. You know, it's just yeah. wonderful. And but the then teeth. there's an episode. Yeah. Well, that the massive teeth on it. It's a horrible thing. But then the remember pig, the which was yes. the pig. That looks awful too. The pip, the puppets are just buggered in that. Yeah. All of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know it's it's one of those series I just about remember because I think that everything was just flattened by the juggernaut that was rainbow
1: well i think what happened so pipkins is only a 10 minute oh is so yes yeah, so what you would have had is you would have had pipkins sort of 12 o'clock till 10 past and then uncle colin would have introduced rainbow so it was in that cockle shell bay jamie and the magic Talks, right. Chilton and the wheelies um oh, bit pipkins man. i think now i could magic be wrong i'm gonna torch. have to check
0: this oh it's just god crazy. i love that simon in the land of chart drawings um, yes. Do you remember Gideon, the goose? The swan.
1: Oh, was the goose? swan. I was it. The I hated. I hated that Would've animal. Goose. I Did hated you? that. I hated it because oh. of the. It didn't have a really mournful sort of theme yes, tune. Yes. Tim Brooke it. Taylor. It was. It? But singing as though he was a bit <clears throat> upset, and I hated it. And every week, I, I genuinely wanted it to die. I hoped it would. I, I hated it as a child. I genuinely had a, because it was just it had come on. And be like, oh. Oh no! Yeah, I hated that frigging cartoon. I hated like Bagpuss. Well, it's a controversial opinion. It why made did you me hate? Sad. That? Oh, okay. Well, it made it make... me sad, but sad in a good way. Or... Oh
0: no, 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 no! Sad in a you know when they sad all go way. back to like not being Death. real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't know what why, about... but it
1: really did. Yeah. Okay, but see, uh, were you old enough for Chocker Block or a bit too old? Car- no, oh, you'd remember. No, but it was BBC. It was BBC. That yeah. was lovely. Just Fred Harris driving in on some... one of the big scenery uh, vehicles they used to drag about TV Centre, moving, tr- moving all the scenery. And he'd get in his chocker truck, drive in. And Chocker Block was just this bloody huge flat painted to look like one of the war machines. And that was the whole premise. And he had big chocker tapes. He'd stick one in chocker block. He'd say, let's do a puzzle. Then he'd say, chocker bloke, signing off. Get back in his thing. Drive off. Oh, it was wonderful. I right. loved I wanted one of those. I wanted a computer like that. I was gutted when the Spectrum 48 came out. So it didn't look anything like chocker block.
0: Well, chocker block was just a set. It's
1: not the point. That's what I want. I'd like to live on a set, essentially. I'd like, you know, just to have the set of Crossroads as my living room.
0: That's why you need an awful lot of money. You need an awful lot. You're a man who needs a lot. You need ten and a half million quid.
1: About that. And, and then... essentially to live in a studio complex. So I could you just You could live in their from... part at the time. Yeah. And then
0: you could come back to the... Well, no, you wouldn't. You'd live there, wouldn't you?
1: I would live there. I would absolutely live there. I have noticed that there's a big old building in the village, which is just used for, I don't know, nonsense. Knock that down, turn that into a TV studio quite easily. Or just don't knock it down. Just fill things in and oh, reshape things it. things in there? There you go. I'd like, yeah, that's all that you need to do. Pop a few things in. And all of a sudden, I've got, I've got the set of Crossroads. It is 1969. But you'd need other minutes.
0: people in there with you. You'd need... No, I wouldn't.
1: No. Would you no. play all the parts
0: yes absolutely right okay so today What's i this? feel like miss diane you could
1: say when you woke up i would whack the wig on be susan hansen for the day and have a preston accent most of the time i will be ronnie but occasionally i might do my amy turtle so you wouldn't
0: <clears throat> you wouldn't need anyone to play off there they'd all be there in
1: your mind they already are they live rent free in my head these people is terrible that's disturbing is it
0: well yeah
1: actually Actually, the,
0: the fact no, just, that you have the mental capacity to to completely construct other people around you like a like a child would. But it's it
1: so useful because, say, for oh, example, if, if one sat in a meeting and people are talking about boring things, then it goes through the filter. And in my head, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm in the boardroom and it's 1975 and people are shouting damn it at each other. And I can get quite into that but i'm getting involved in what's happening in my head not in the meeting I admit. i've
0: noticed that in meetings that you're not there uh, <coughs> you are elsewhere but, but very um, present very present but not uh, when you sort of when you'll say something it's just like um all right okay that's a tangent um you well, know yes, like uh, because that would be
1: tokyo on the line yeah, because in my head, I'm probably going into the commercial break with that line, and then other people keep talking and ruin it. And then I don't say anything else because I'm cross. Yeah. It's, I think it's, this it's makes perfect sense.
0: It does make perfect sense. It and um, it's a good thing because I too am not there in those meetings. And so I'll mm. come out with something that I just want to say. That's yes. all it is. I, it's like, right, this is my turn. I want to say something. And you watch the faces around the tables, and they're just kind of like, What the fuck are you on about? And then you pick up on that. You read the room, don't you? Yeah, that's it. You read the room. And then all of a sudden, someone up in your head passes a a note and goes, look, this is what they're on about. And then you adapt the shit you're saying to what they're saying. And you come up with a cool take on it. And they're like, that's a really good idea. That's
1: what you were going towards. It's like jazz, isn't it? You can't quite tell where it's going, but then it lands and it's perfect. You have to
0: engage like that in order not only to make it zesty, but mm. also to sort of keep yourself awake. And <clears throat> although it's it's a bit terrifying, there's a thrill to, right, I'm gonna say this and we're gonna see if I make it this time.
1: Absolutely, oh, it's always fun, that bit. I love that bit. And then you find out, you know, if you were being written for a Yorkshire television drama or not with all the cameras. Oh, absolutely. It's just if other people would respect when the programme has ended and not talk through the credits. Oh. I find people who do that keep all talking. All meetings. No there was interminable the meeting oh, no half needed. an hour
0: on hats
1: not needed no no, no. but there we go uh, no. nice Any things nice this things? week yeah what? um no 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 and i'll tell you why uh but because of the post um now we've ah. all finished we've all finished mourning sadly but obviously the funeral has passed and so on and so on there's a backlog of the post and i spent quite a lot of money on the big finish website by mistake By mistake, it's not here.
0: Well, the BBC has turned into hub, hasn't it, really? It has a bit, yes. Um, And the world seems to have used it as an excuse. I think it's just an excuse. The Royal Mail's been shit for ages, by the way. My bending the willow turned up (laughs) bent, so I need a new copy.
1: Oh, no. Yes. That's annoying. Distressing distressing and yes, incredibly distressing but no nothing new this week hopefully for next week hopefully for sunday next week there will be something exciting
0: must try know. harder to get nice things i think is absolutely of this story.
1: yes yeah. how's the week looking for you anything exciting forthcoming or just um, slog 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 yeah.
0: effectively yes mm. yes yes but um you know we go on we go on we must go on we must strive
1: you've got scripts to write I do have scripts to write. I've got them here next to me, actually. The yes need to get cracking on those. There's plenty to be up to, isn't there, at the moment? But uh, apart from that, I've, I've, I'm reading a book. of. After our chat the, uh, on Sunday, um, yeah. I'm reading a book about Rosalind Chapel. Um, so it's that authorian thing that you were talking mm. about. I'm feeling a little bit of a need to reconnect. And I think it's probably because I've not been further than about 20 miles since the outbreak of bloody COVID. I need, I need to go and wander a castle. Is what mm, I need to do right nice. now. That's, well, you've that got Excalibur as well. I
0: mean, presumably you'll watch Excalibur if you want to recapture that mood. Now, is that
1: Nicole Williamson? Yes. I've not seen it. Mm. I knew you were going to say that. No, it's a film. It's long, isn't it? It's very long.
0: John Borman directed, uh, but it's, it's very, very good. How long? I would say we're touching the two and a half hour mark.
1: Bloody hell. Right, so if I could... I might have to get it and do a little edit and make it into 20-minute episodes. Something like that. Go on YouTube and rates.
0: watch Nicole Williamson's best bits.
1: Was he drunk throughout most of Oh, aye. It? Excellent. Roaring, love. Oh, of wonderful. Of course he was. Wonderful. That's how we like him, isn't it? Oh, he's good, though. He's oh, brilliant. he's
0: bloody good. Drunk he's... or no, he's good.
1: Oh, but he could act, and that's the thing, isn't it? It didn't matter if he was drunk or not. That ability to perform didn't go anywhere. He could still do that, because it was just him, really. Yeah. Absolutely magnificent. One of those actors who people are forgetting about as well. Which There's is, a lot of it about. There is, a lot dear. Of it about, there is. But at least, much, uh... of course, we remember <laughs> Dickie Davis, and I hope that everybody at home celebrated Dickie Davis Day yesterday as it was. We shall be reminding you uh, at this point of the year, every year from now on, to celebrate Dickie Davis Day. Dickie Davis Day. Dickie Day. and on that note
0: we shall bid you a fond four days or whatever it is uh, or whenever you watch it and until the next time bye 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 bye
1: Nice <laughs>